When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our early week edition the Game Plan. My name is Chris Plank. As always, thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading, and please share the Sooner Sports Podcast. We've had an incredible 2018, and it continues to set the foundation for, we hope, future growth more listeners, and be able to serve the Sooner Nation with the type of information, with the type of interviews, and the type of show that you deserve. Hey, today is a celebration. We will welcome in a majority of the men's gymnastics team who won their fourth straight national championship from Mark Williams, the head coach, to the There'll be a theme as these interviews roll on. Jenna Alaco is the trainer and she apparently was the glue this year for this team. We'll learn why coming up in just a bit. Taki Abdul-Simmons, Jake Malali, who, by the way, Jake is also a Marine, which is incredible to see what he's been able to do. Uh, Colin Kellogg, Mac Winsky, Yul Muldaur, Reese Ricketts, and Hunter Justice will kick it all off coming up here in just a bit. But a couple of quick notes. Now, Friday's edition is all baseball and softball. Baseball will be in Orlando for their final non-conference series of the season when they take on Central Florida before a quick turnaround for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series with Kansas. We'll have Toby Rowland on coming up this Friday. And also on Friday, JT Gasso and Kaylee Clifton to get us ready for Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. In fact, you'll want to make sure to listen to Friday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast early 
because softball will get things going at 2 o'clock against Texas. What a series that was in Norman. The two teams will go at it at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium Tuesday at 2 o'clock. And then at 7.30 with the Sooners as the one seed, it'll be Oklahoma and Iowa State. If the Sooners can go 2-0, they'll advance to Saturday's 4 o'clock championship game against likely Oklahoma State or Baylor. So it's been a great week. The Sooners clinched its seventh straight conference championship in the Big 12 in softball. And for the first time in school history, the Sooners finished conference play undefeated. So tons of softball talk coming up on Friday's edition of the Game Plan. But let's start our celebration of a fourth straight national championship for men's gymnastics. Let's kick it off right. The senior standout, Hunter Justice, joins us on the game plan. Hunter, how insane was the ride? I mean, just everything this team went through, how crazy was this 2018 season? Yeah, uh, especially this year um, because, you know, unless you were on the team or one of the coaches working out with us every day, nobody really understands how um, far away we were in December from a national championship team. Um, you know, we usually do our red-white inter-squad in December, and uh, we didn't even have enough guys this year to put together a roster for one event. Um, Inj injuries? Injuries, yeah. We we had 13 total surgeries since last That's season. That's unreal, man. So, uh, yeah, we uh, definitely had a lot of doubts going into the beginning of the year. We didn't even have a full, full lineup yet. And uh, we still had guys injured, and we had some other things going on. And, uh, you know, we just kept pushing like we always do, and it, and it, and it, came, it came to us. And, uh, you know, we definitely earned it again. Is that the rings that you tweeted? Yeah. Uh, we designed the ring yesterday, and it, you know, every time I tweeted yesterday, uh, every time that we win, you know, we designed the ring right after, and I'm like, there's no way that we can make a better ring. <laughs> and every single time I've been wrong, the ring just gets sicker every single year. 97 and 0. I, I'm going to try to describe this the best I can. I put I put it out on Twitter at Plank Show. You can also follow Hunter on Twitter at Hunter underscore J U S T U S at Hunter underscore Justice. It has one side that says battle scarred across the top. The other side says battle tested. Mm -hmm. 97 and 0 dynasty. Um, it has all your national champions that uh, championships that you've won 18, 17, 16, and 50. And then you've got in gold on the front of the ring, which I guess is, I don't know exactly the, the jewelry term, is the national championship trophy in gold, OU encrusted in diamonds, and then a huge diamond on top with national champions surrounding mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, kept, we kept moving stuff around on the ring, and we would, we would finally, you know, get somewhere big, and we'd be like, oh, my God, it, it literally can't get better than this. And then he was like, well, you can actually take the NCAA part off the trophy and put a stone in it if you want. And we were like, boom. I don't know how this could get any better right here. 97-0, and 0, man. 97-0. and 0. When you set forth as a freshman, there's no way any – well, maybe I shouldn't say no way. Everyone says, I want to go undefeated. You ask any athlete, Baker Mayfield in football, Trey Young in basketball, women, they all say we're going undefeated, and it's and it's hard. Could you have ever fathomed that you'd be sitting here your senior year having gone 97 and 0? Uh no, not especially not when I was a freshman, you know. Like that was this whole um streak, you know, it wasn't alive back then. They just came off of a loss at NCAAs in 2014. Uh, so in 2015, you know, we just put our heads down and our goal was to win a national championship. And we ended up going undefeated. 
And then after that year, it was kind of like, well, you know, if we did it this year, why can't we keep doing it? Right. Yeah. You started from year year one, well, at least competing mm-hmm. uh, from year one, and you competed in all 11 meets your freshman year. Uh, obviously, I don't think people really truly understand the toll that gymnastics takes on your body, but how solid, how helpful, how amazing was it to be able to compete right away in important matches? Oh, it was uh... – it was an astonishing feeling, you know, uh, everybody wants to feel that, you know, you come to a university like this to compete, you know, not just to be on the roster supporting the other guys, you know, that that's not what a competitor is, you know, uh, and I'm a competitor. I just love to go out there and compete and I love to do it for the guys who are right behind me the whole time. So, you know, I, as soon as I got here, um, you know, I'm not trying to sound cocky at all, but like I knew, I I just wanted to be in a, I wanted to put myself in a position where I never had to worry about not competing. Right. Yeah, and that that's what I tried to do the whole time, whatever was best for the team. There's there's all kinds of questions that I think if uh, if people listen throughout the day, they'll hear over and over. And I try to come up with fresh questions for everyone. And Hunter, you and I have done this a lot, three years now. But mm-hmm. from your perspective, who's been some of the biggest influences on you? And obviously, I know I know coach factors into that, but. I mean, personally, is there someone family-wise, teammate-wise, who really has been the biggest influence on your men's gymnastics career? So my career in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we can carry it on to OU. We can carry it on to wherever you want, youth, whatever you want to get into, man. You know, I guess I would say growing up, uh, Chris Brooks and Jonathan Horton, I worked out with them uh, at Cypress Academy. And, you know, they both went to OU. Both are Olympians. Both great guys. Uh, and that, that's who I look, looked up to whenever I was a young kid training and then you know, whenever I got to OU, it just became all of my teammates. Man, those guys, they really do become your brothers. And I, I do think that we are the most close group on campus. You know, like, people can argue that all day long, but people don't spend time with each other like we do every you single Guys live day. together, basically, yeah. too. I mean, we literally live – the past two years, um, 90% of the team lived literally next door to each other. <laughs> At uh, this new apartment complex, Aspen Heights, and we literally had two houses right next to each other, and we would just hang out every single day. But yeah, all of my teammates and uh, Taki, especially my my coach, uh, I'm in Taki's group every day. I work with him every day, and he uh, t- truly changed my life um, in the gym. Can we possibly put into words here? Hunter Justice is our guest to kick off our celebration of the Yo Yo Men's Gymnastics National Championship. <clears throat> Can you put into words just how much of a toll this takes on your body i mean i know last year when you came in you were in a sling mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and you never do you ever truly have time to recover because you always want to grind away no it's uh that's why some people just don't make it man they don't have the ability to to push through especially at a program like ou you know like we push harder than anybody else right. uh, i truly believe that's why we're the best team in the nation because you know even if you're hurt you're going into that weight room and yeah, yeah i remember after my, my elbow surgery, I had so I had my knee done after my sophomore year, and then I had my shoulder, my bicep, and labrum done last year. And while I was recovering for the bicep and labrum, something went wrong in my elbow. I actually had to have my elbow surgery done like four and a half months after my shoulder. So the, and that was five six weeks before season was supposed oh to be started. And I wasn't the only one. My brother also had a wrist surgery right before season. Uh, but you know that's just how OU's luck was with surgeries this past year, but we we still kept grinding, me and Tanner and a few other guys who had surgeries. I remember specifically literally the next morning 
we'd wake up, go in at 5 a.m. in the weight room and just do whatever we could. So there's never a day where you're not doing something. Always. 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 Every, every single day. And that's why we're the best because we train the hardest. You know, we do the things that a lot of people aren't willing to do. Where's Tanner at? Tanner? Uh... I think he's got class right now. I think oh, he's okay. one of the guys that's coming in at 10. Okay. I was yeah. like, I thought he was trying to slack and get out of this <clears throat> no, on us today. I, I know he has something to do. <laughs> um, I know you're still going to be around, but you are a senior. A little bit of class work left, and to finish 97-0 and 0 means a lot. But I know a lot of people listening want to know what's next for you, Hunter. What's the next step for you? Um, so I still got six hours to finish up in the fall, so I am going to take that kind of fifth-year scholarship, um, just get some money that for a few months, and then uh, – I'm going to go into the gym every day and help these guys out, you know, coach some of the guys that were in Taki's group, just help help out, do whatever I can, still work out in the gym a little bit. I plan on coming in in the mornings and doing the circuits with them and stuff. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and then once I graduate in December, I'm going to go back to Houston, and uh, I would love to uh, be a loan officer with uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend. Or my girlfriend's. Uh, <laughs> I was girlfriend's like, "Whoa, that's I'm not connecting the dots but real yeah, well on that one." No, she's got two or three. <laughs> no, my girlfriend's brother is a loan officer in Houston. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, you know, he was talking to me about working with him for a little bit. So I'm going to try that out. But gymnastics is always going to be in your blood, isn't it? You see yeah, yourself always coaching, 100%. always being a part of it. Yeah, I'm still going to come back up. I mean, I still got Tanner on the team too, so I'm still going to come back up here a lot. You know, help them out, come to all the meets and. For sure, NCAA is going to let. One thing I noticed, I don't uh, with with this. I, I do softball play by play, so sometimes the schedule makes it tough to get out as much as I want. But I got to go to a couple of meets, and man, as even as old school as McCaslin is, mm-hmm. what a great atmosphere for your home meets. Can you before I let you go, man? Can you just tell us what those fans meant and that home home court atmosphere that you guys consistently have throughout the season? Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh... It's pretty unbelievable. Like you said, you, you have to go to one to like mm-hmm. really understand it. TV doesn't even do it justice. Oh, no. I, no. I've, I've seen them. We record them, and we watch them the next day, so, like me and Levi and Tanner together. But uh, th- our home meets are the most fun meets. Uh, you know, we don't we have crowds like no other. It's unreal. Men's gymnastics. No, it really is. It's unreal. <laughs> you know, those people pack the field house, and they make it loud. And especially the past – since my freshman year, at least, I'm not sure how it was before that, but we have just increased our numbers every single year. And, man, those fans, they make the world of difference for us. It is honestly cool to say that we get a little taste of, you know, we're not competing in front of 90,000 people like football right. is, but to go into our home and see all those people, you know, almost 2,000 people lined up, and how interactive they get with us, it's uh, it's life-changing, you know. It's something that... Not a lot of people get to experience, and I would never take that for granted. Those those fans truly are amazing, and they are just so nice to us. And, you know, I hope that we put on the show that, that they pay money to go see. Stand out. Guy's a stud. Can't wait to see what's next in his, in his career. Speaking of studs, Steve Legendre was one of the standout performers for the Sooners men's gymnastics team, has transitioned into an incredible assistant coach. He and Mason Minson sat down with us for a little bit, and we started by talking with Coach Legendre about what made this team special. Probably the, the theme you're going to hear today is just kind of this comeback story. Uh, this, this team definitely didn't start off uh as the team that they finished as there there was a lot of growing a lot of improvement just a lot of a lot of things that we didn't really know if it was going to all kind of come together by the end of the year and and fortunately it did uh but yeah we we started at a place where we're like 
man, we, we want to make team finals this year. That would be good. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, of course, to finish as national champions again for the fourth time in a row is is incredible. But but it definitely was not a, a smooth journey the whole way. And But they just kind of kept their heads down, and they, they just pushed. And also joining us in studio is Mason Mincer. Mason's a freshman that has a phenomenal story, from my perspective. Dude, you walked on in the middle of the season. Take me through that process and kind of – were you just a regular student? Had you been training? How did you end up walking on and then actually helping things out competing in an event? Um, well, I actually came in on the club team, so I was training, yes. Um, and I was in school training. Um, but I think just putting your head down, working hard, kind of like Steve said that the guys did. And um, just watching the other guys and um, even on the club team, they've helped me come a long way and talky um, really pushed me to be the best that I could be. And um, just putting your head down, working hard, I think, is um, the main thing that I tried to focus on to help me get to where I'm at today. Steve, are you guys always keeping an eye on the club team and kind of maybe someone that could help you guys out at the next level? What's that process yeah, like? Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, you know, Taki, Taki coaches the club team, and he does an amazing job developing these guys and kind of encouraging them to not only – uh, not only work hard, but realize that the possibility to move up to the varsity team is always there if they, if they improve enough and they can help. So uh, that's kind of exactly the story of Mason. He he came in as a freshman, and you know we looked at him and we saw some some really natural raw ability. And then just within a few months, it's like, oh my goodness, this guy is doing a vault <laughs> that is very capable to to help our team. And you know if not be competing all the way to the end of the season, it's at least a a vault that is going to continue to push our lineup from the bottom up and uh and just make us feel like we have so much depth there and on any given day we could substitute a few guys and have mason go or give somebody a rest or whatever it may be you know so even right up until team finals on, on vault we had so much depth where we're kind of just moving guys around based off of what they did yesterday or what they did in the warm-up wow. so when you got that opportunity against illinois when it's like all right i'm i'm competing today can what was that like when did you know take me through that process um, well, I mean, it was tough, like coming in with the confidence, um, being on the best team in the nation. It's kind of intimidating. Um, but I struggled with that at first on my first vault. Um, my first meet I competed at our home meet. Um, I took way too many steps. And <laughs> so, I mean, just finding that confidence was a struggle, but then just kind of zoning in and, um, the guys have helped with that and kind of gave me advice on how to relax and calm down and find that confidence. And, um, I didn't have the perfect vault that I wanted at um, Illinois, but it was better than my first one, and that's really what I was looking for is improvement and just want to continue on that path. As you go forward now, Mason, how much confidence do you carry? How much of a drive is there to want to see this streak continue from kind of dipping your toe in the pool a little bit and wanting to consistently improve and get better to be even a bigger part next year? I mean, this experience, like, just being on the team has been amazing and I just want to continue being on this team. So I know that's going to require me to really keep my head down, stay focused, work hard. And I'm going to have to train even harder than I did this last year and just keep improving and um, improve my difficulty on floor so I can try to get my, give me a spot in the lineup there and then improve my difficulty on vault as well. So. Steve, I think it takes us through just how competitive this is. You know, I think some people say, oh, well, you know, they, oh, you miss gymnastics, they just win. You know, so that's all that's going to happen. But the hard work that goes into it from the club team to the guys at the varsity level, and then knowing that you have to consistently step your game up because 
as you know, injuries, you know, competition gets better. I mean, it's it's a never-ending cycle, isn't it? Sure, it, it definitely is. And, you know, I think just through Mark's leadership and, of course, Taki kind of working with the club team now, I, I consider us to be a very well-oiled machine. Uh, it, it's definitely not a simple machine, though. There's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes that I think probably a lot of people – don't uh they don't necessarily realize just because they're you know not in the gym every day right uh but but there is a lot to that goes into it and yeah it's high pressure i mean we're we're constantly developing guys to be you know national championship potential and uh mason got a little bit of of that taste this year and he's going to feel it again next year you know we only lost one vault score in hunter justice so we're going to bring back another really strong vault lineup that he's going to compete uh every single day all year long to get in that vault lineup and help push this team Hey, uh, Steve, I want to follow because we only got about a minute left. But before I let you run, and we appreciate you guys coming on today, I need to know where do you want to see the biggest improvement for this team next year? I, I know that's kind of an unfair question because you just won a national championship and they won 97 straight, but where do you want to see this team continue to improve? Sure. Uh, specifically event-wise, I think uh, historically OU has always had really great floor teams, and I think we finished on a very high note. But throughout the year, that was an event that I felt we needed to be more consistent on. I felt we could be uh, a little bit better almost every time out. So, uh, you know, floor, I think, is an event that we can get back to being just absolutely dominating on, and I, I would really like to see that. Maybe I'm biased just because I was a floor, <laughs> you were a floor guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I watch our floor team, and I see so much potential, and I, and I still think they just have – a little bit of that that improvement that they could make to really just set themselves apart. And then Mason, for you personally, going into I don't even know if there's a such thing as the off season anymore. But where do you want to see your own personal improvement? Where do you want to see the biggest gains for you heading into twenty? I can't believe I'm saying twenty nineteen. Heading into twenty nineteen. Um, I mean, I definitely want to get stronger, and um, especially in my specialties, which are the floor and vault mainly. Um, but definitely getting stronger and um, just again like raise that difficulty level and get to where I can compete with the other guys. So. Steve, how I, I said one more, but obviously you've, you've lived this. How does this keep happening <laughs> every year? How do you keep with the over the top grip and still finding a way to top what happened the year before? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a few things, you know, for four years in a row now, it feels like it just keeps happening and almost right. like it's a guaranteed, but when I was on the team after my freshman year, we went through a streak where I think we were second or third place for four or five years. So at that point, it almost felt like, how do we make it happen? Because right. second place keeps happening. So, you know, I, I think we've just gotten to the point where, uh, you know, we've had a great g- group of guys on the team, uh, you know, that kind of found their their roles as leaders and how to lead a team to greatness and instill this this culture where it's you can always do more. You can always kind of work harder. And I think that's been the real difference maker the last four or five years. I think they've just, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to have, uh, you know, a coaching staff that's been able to kind of bring out the best in the guys. But really, they're, you know, they're the ones doing the work. They're the ones kind of pushing themselves, pushing each other. And I think that's why we've had the uh, the results that we've had. Well, what a crazy story. Walk on an opportunity to compete and make a difference midseason. Just incredible future for Mason. Speaking of incredible futures, Yule Moldauer has become the face of men's gymnastics at the University of Oklahoma, and Reese Ricketts was the standout senior leader. We sat down with them at the same time and started asking Yule how this team came together. I mean, I just have to give um, all the guys credit, and I have to give our trainer, Jenna, uh, credit too for just helping us battle through all those injuries and just getting everyone healthy in the right mindset. It was it was definitely a, a huge uh, bump in the road that we had to overcome, and 
I'm just so proud of them because they just pushed through everything and the coaches and, and, and our uh, trainer really helped us get there. I'm glad you mentioned that. There's so many roles that take place behind the scenes that I don't think people truly appreciate. If it's an academic advisor, if it's a strength and conditioning coach, you'll the athletic trainer for men's gymnastics. She got a bit of a workout this year, didn't oh, yeah. she? <laughs> she uh, you know, uh, yesterday she actually told me because she's taking classes right now, uh-huh. and she actually told me that she had to wait so she could focus on us and help <laughs> us out more. And I didn't know that. I was right. like, wow, like that's that's just incredible that she did that for us. Another level, man. Reese, uh, another level for you, fifth-year senior, moving on. Um, what did it mean to you to not only finish this run, I mean, 97-0 and 0 over the last four years, but to cap it off for you with a national championship? Uh, it was, I mean, it was honestly all we wanted this year, um, especially Hunter and I being, you know, it's our last year and everything like that. We really wanted to end on this note, especially our last year being captains. Um, and so – you know, we really took on the struggles head on uh, together along with Yule as captains. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, endured their struggles, but uh, it was, you know, words really can't describe it. It's in a lot of ways, it's it's relief. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. we got to the end and we're like, wow, we, we actually, you know, busted it out and we, we got what we wanted to get done done. So it was it was indescribable. That's uh, that's awesome. It, it's it's indescribable too to think about how you have to balance not only some individual honors, but your main focus has always been on team. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you about individual things, and I know we're talking about the team, but to not only do it once again individually, but then to have your second straight America Cup title this year. I know you're all about team, Yule, but for you personally, how rewarding was your junior campaign? Um, I think it was, you know, rewarding. I'm going to say it for all of us <laughs> because without my team, without Mark talking and Steve and without Jenna and without James, you know, none of this could have happened. I honestly don't know where I'd be in my gymnastics career. So having the guys pushing me every day, having the coaches work a schedule with me every day, having Jenna take care of my body and having James helping with my academic career, it that's like it's not just me. So I just get to go out and do what I love, but I also get so much help from all these people. Look at this focus with my daughter spinning in a chair right next to Yol. He's a pro. It just doesn't <laughs> even affect him at all. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because Reese, we we're talking about the crowds with Hunter Justice a little bit earlier, but that was one thing. I don't get to go to a lot of meets, but I went to a few this year. And TV doesn't do it justice, man. You, you, you had been a part of it. You've seen it grow. You've seen it maintain. How special is that home field advantage you guys have at McCaslin? Well, it's definitely grown over the years, um, thanks to Taki and, you know, other staff that have really tried to promote it. Um, but, you know, over the years, it, it's slowly grown and grown. And I don't know if it's because of national championships or, you know, or what. But uh, it's it's definitely the best meets to go to. And I think that uh, we've even heard from other schools say, like, even if they're on the opposing team, like, the crowd is better than any other place that they go to. Because we'll go other places and their crowds are not what they are here. And uh, not only that, you know, the people themselves, are, they're awesome. You know, they take... They're they passionate take, about oh, it, yeah, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. What's a... For those of us who have never been to an America, American Cup event, what's the crowds like there, Yul? Um, it's, it's a little weird because it's not as rowdy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are more people, definitely. But it's like they only cheer for the U.S., and it's like honestly a little awkward. It's a little <laughs> silent sometimes, but 
you know, I always try and, you know, bring some energy and try to get them warmed up. But, um, you know, it's just almost like a golfing tournament. And if some, <laughs> someone does something good, then they cheer. But uh, I just feel like um, if they knew they could get loud, just like at our meets, I think they'd have more fun. That was the biggest shock to me. Being someone who had grown up watching gymnastics on TV for the Olympics. Whenever I went to an event, I'm like, what are they doing yelling while they're trying to do something? And, mm-hmm. you know, the women's team has the Beauty and the Beast where they have the wrestling match going on in the middle of it. And people are losing their minds. Yeah. But you guys feed off that, don't you? I, I love it. I, I, like, love walking in the field house and seeing everyone there. It honestly brings a different energy in it. And it really does help you. And it, it's almost like you get to put on a show then compete. Same for you? No, absolutely. It's it's absolutely. it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. All right, a couple of quick ones before I let you go. You'll let's talk about your quote unquote off season, which mm-hmm. doesn't really exist. As we get ready for your senior season, mm-hmm. crazy to think that. Um, what's the timeline like for you with events and getting ready to try to compete at another level too this off season? Um, so at the end of uh, May, I have a national team camp at the Olympic Training Center in Denver, or I mean Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And then in June, we get to go to uh, Japan and work out with their national team. And then in August, we have the USA National Championships. And at that meet, they get to decide the world team. And then if I make worlds, I'll have to compete. I think it's October or November. And then once I get back from that, then it's off season for the (laughs) OU team. For the two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, it really kind of manifests itself for you. Rest is important, right? How How do you fit that in? Uh, you know, Mark just has a great schedule, and he, he allows me to, you know, get a break uh, when I need it, and he also knows when I need to start picking up. So, um, you know, just having a head coach like that, knowing what I need and having so much experience with others, I think it really does help me. And obviously for Reese, your gymnastics competition career is over, but your work with the men's gym team might just be getting started, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark has been kind of pushing me to uh, be the manager for this next year, and I'm only going to be here for uh, until December, so mm. I'll have that time. But uh, I had planned on coming into the gym. I know Hunter has talked about it with me. Just you know, it's kind of hard to let go of the guys, right? Um, and just to, you know, that like captain role, you still want to be there, making sure like you know the captains, you know, at the time are still, you know doing what they have been taught to do over the years. And uh, not only that, but like I said, just hanging out with the guys and being there. It might be 6 in the morning, but you <laughs> still enjoy it a little bit. This dude's ready to be a leader, isn't he? Oh, he already is. Yeah. He already is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about you while you're here. So what have you seen in him from – you've been there since day one when this guy stepped on campus. And between Maggie Nichols and Yule Moldauer, we might have the two most talked about college gymnastics on, uh, gymnasts on the planet, and yet you're both so humble. So yeah. you won't talk about yourself. So, Reese, you have to talk about Yule here. <laughs> oh, what, have you, what have you seen in him that's grown in not just a gymnast but as a leader and as a person? Um, how relatable he is to everyone else, you know, to not only people outside of our gym, but, you know, in the gym, like we put you on this pedestal of being this amazing gymnast, but he's also this amazing leader. Um, you know, like you said, he is more than humble. I mean, the, his demeanor in the gym is not, you know, I have this, you know, I know, you know, whatever. He still takes corrections for guy, from guys that, you know, have taken corrections from him. And so he his his way about himself um, really makes people, you know, cling to him. And um, 
and it's not you know because of what he says all the time but you know what he does and how he carries himself so he he's an amazing he is an amazing captain this year uh, definitely one of the best juniors that's awesome, man. And I had a chance, I don't know if you remember, Yule, but about two or three years ago, we sat down and did an interview for a podcast, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about your upbringing and how much your family meant to you and how much they supported them. This team is like that family, isn't it? Yeah, um, I love this team, and I I just like love this year so much just because we were so, not like separated, but we weren't clicking at the beginning of the year, and then throughout the year, it was just like, Man, like I know everyone so well, and it's gonna be hard to see Reese and Hunter leave because this team has grown so much, and it's so different from any other year. Like freshman year, I had no idea. Just because you're a freshman, <laughs> you're just kind of walking in. Right. Sophomore year, we were just like so good with our, you know, seven seniors. It's the underclassmen didn't really have to do anything because they were all just great leaders. Right. And then once they left, you know, it was only Hunter and Reese. Mm-hmm. And so it's like all these new guys had to step in and find their roles. And we thought we were going to have that, you know, kind of leap year, you know, not make it to finals, but just kind of get everyone prepared for next year. And the way we just grew throughout this whole year has been amazing. Congrats, man. Thank Look you. Look forward to seeing you back here next year. It was a rough season for Mac Winsky. He kind of expected to be a contributor, but had a freak injury that we'll talk about here in just a bit. But he and Colin Kellogg sit down with us. Colin, what pushed you this year? What kind of brought you to another level on the still rings? Um, mostly, I mean, everyone says it, but it really is just the teammates. You know, you got to, there's a couple other ring specialists on the team and, uh, it's just really good to have those guys pushing you. You know, we train together on rings two hours a day, every day. So we're constantly coming up with little competitions on who can do what better, who can (laughs) score higher, who can, you know, hold something longer. So it's just those little competitions that kind of start pushing you to be better than the guy right next to you. When you do that every day, it really helps you go further in the long run. How challenging was it for you, Matt, to be prepared to contribute, but then have a, I mean, can I use the term freak injury? Yeah. That took yeah, you yeah. out this year. How how much of a challenge was it? And then also, how much did it help you to kind of be able to watch things and learn a little bit? It was, at the beginning, it was definitely really tough, you know, because, you know, you go through this super long, hard preseason and, you know, just to get to the competition season, which is the fun part. And so, you know, to have that taken away from you, it was definitely tough at the beginning. Uh, but then, you know, I started to try to find my role on the team still, even though I was injured. And that was just being there every day. I would like help coach sometimes. I was just there to cheer them on, be a support system kind of thing. And uh, I'm, it's definitely got me like really fired up for next year. And I'm so ready to be back. And you're still recovering too, though, yeah, right? Yeah, I still have like three more months till I can even do gymnastics again. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. How hard is that to stay out of the gym, though? It's it's tough. I mean, <laughs> so I, I still have to go to every practice, but I do therapy for an hour, and then I just have to kind of sit there type of thing. And so it's you definitely get like very antsy. All you can do is watch, and you're used to practicing every day. So right. you definitely get antsy, but that's awesome. it'll man. make it sweeter coming back. So, Well, we don't have a lot of time before the top of the hour, so Colin, I'll wrap up. When was the moment whenever you realized through all the adversity you guys faced early on that, hey, we got this? When was that moment for this team? Um, I, I, for me personally, it was actually one of our later away meets at Ohio State. We had had a lot of good meets at home throughout the season, but you know those are home meets and they weren't against as good teams. So it's kind of like, all right, we look good, we're scoring well, but is that going to carry over into an away competition? And then at this Ohio State meet away, we were down early by six points, down the whole meet, even going into the last event. But we just kept grinding, kept pushing, kept putting up scores, and ended up taking the lead and winning. And it was after that competition I was like, all right, 
we can go win nationals. Even if we're down at nationals, we can win. I'm telling you what, Matt Winsky is going to be a guy over the next couple of years. Make sure you put an asterisk by his name. He's going to be a superstar. Speaking of superstars, Taki Abdullah Simmons, one of the greatest in OU men's gymnastics history, joins us with Jake Mullally. Uh, Taki, first and foremost, curiosity. Do you see similarities between this 2018 team and some of the national championship teams you were a part of as a student athlete. Yeah, there's some similarities to uh, after my junior season when we uh, got second place. We had a lot of surgeries during the summer, so that was kind of the similarities. But with this team this year, we had even more surgeries than that, mm-hmm. surgeries throughout the season. So, But just overall, it's, it's just the mental toughness that this team was able to show, the resilience throughout the season, and their ability to really uh, to grow so much in one year was probably the biggest uh, attribute to the success that they had this season. Yeah, and you know, Jake, from your perspective, you're you're a guy that competed in all ten meets, kind of a still ring specialist. Um, I I didn't see any notes about an injury, but yet everyone's always overcoming some sort of adversity because <laughs> common theme with everyone that we've talked to, I don't think people really truly grasp or understand the toll that this takes on your body. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the sport is just just so hard. I mean, from from preseason when we, when we start up in in the fall to April is just a very long time to be doing such a high volume of you know, physical activity. And, and it really does take a toll. And I was one of the lucky ones that, that never had a, a major injury. We'll knock on wood for that. That's to be good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but his schedule is super tough. He's a Marine. He, he, Jake, you need to talk about what you have have to do on a daily basis, and then how you were gone most of the summer oh, because you yeah. were in cadet school. So, wow. you know, you yeah. probably need to elaborate about your. You know, <laughs> yes, you don't go through the injuries, but your work toll is probably is definitely higher than anyone else on the team. Yeah, it uh, it, it gets a little hectic. Uh, like like Taki was saying, I think the the biggest thing, you know, I I'd overcome was being gone basically all summer. I was at officer candidate school uh, with the Marine Corps. And that, you know, on, on it's its own animal on its own, but being gone for that long and doing essentially nothing but running and then trying to come back and do rings was very hard. I, wow. I half the skills in my routine that I did the year prior, I couldn't get back till, you know, November or December. So that, that on its own was pretty tough. And then, uh, just throughout the day I do, I do work with the Naval Reserve Officer Training Corps here at, at OU. And, uh, Holy smokes. You know, they, they, they come in <laughs> exactly. some slack. So, <laughs> so I, I get to skip, skip some things, and, and, you know, they let me come into the gym whenever I need to for the most part. So, Yeah, but he also sometimes <clears throat> comes to morning practice, which we have at 6 a.m., but he's already <laughs> been up since 3 o'clock doing yeah. his exercise. <laughs> so yeah, that, that does every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm fascinated by this now. How did you end up in officer training? How did this end up being not only a possibility for you, but how in the world can you balance being a part of a national championship team? Yeah. Um, with not a lot of sleep, <laughs> for the most part, and um, I bet you don't drink coffee either, do you? I I actually don't. That's just, I I'm just, I'm wanting a second glass right now, and I've only been up since seven. So yeah, you got me. But how do you do it? Um, like I said, they they do give me quite a bit of slack. I mean, my whole chain of command is 
is so supportive of the program here, the gymnastics program here. And, uh, you know, so really like morning, morning PT that I normally would have to go to for the most part, uh, I really don't go anymore. I'll go okay. to morning practice instead. Um, drill in the afternoon for the most part. Uh, they, they let me skip it and I come to afternoon practice. So it, you know, when we have bigger events like morning hikes or field exercises, you know, I'll, I'll take some time out of the gym and I'll make sure I go go with the other guys in the unit and go train with them. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, they've been they've been so lenient on pretty much every end of the spectrum that that it's it's able to work. It's it's hectic, but it's able to work. Well, and I think Taki, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, <laughs> you, you are understanding because it's not like he's going to sit at a desk. He's going and he's doing physical work and he's having to go out there and push his body as yeah. well through this too. That's, yeah. that's a challenge. No, no it's amazing. Uh, I, I think, was it the day we left for NCAAs or the day before we left for <laughs> NCAAs? He had some exercises where he had to run a while and his legs were almost trashed for yeah. For for a little while. Was that before conference? That was that was conference. That was co- before conference. Yeah. I just remember him like late taking some dismounts. I'm oh like, my oh, gosh. those legs really don't look like they're quite there to <laughs> land that well. Nah. So you know, it's it's amazing what he's yeah. been able to do throughout his gymnastics <laughs> career and the dedication that he has as a student athlete, and then obviously to for his uh, for what he's going to do for us. Uh, as a country, so you that's know, amazing. Bad respect. You would you would have never told us any of this, would you? No, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm glad you came in with him, then, Taki. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's incredible. When you know, it's it, it's always interesting, and I make fun of myself because when we talk about you know one team for two hours, there's going to be a lot of questions that are repeated. So I want to pose this to both of you, and Taki, I want to start with you. When was that moment where you thought, okay? Okay, we're fine. All this adversity, not having enough guys to do a red-white scrimmage, we're going to be okay when it comes to trying to repeat the repeat of the repeat. The first time that I we actually all saw it, I feel like it was the competition we had at Navy, you know, where we finally we had, I think, one of our best lineups available to where we had guys healthy. Unfortunately, I think we just lost Matt Winsky mm-hmm. right before that competition. Um but, you know, we just showed that true, that sooner magic that where, you know, everyone's just locked in, gymnastics is easy, we're having fun. And that was that was the competition where I really felt, I was like, well, yep, this is it. We have enough to win the national championship. You know, generally I try to always keep that hope alive. And so even in the preseason. You're a positive was, dude. You know, exactly. So I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a grind one day at a time, one day at a time. And the guys, they were making small improvements, but it wasn't until that competition where we really showed it out on the floor that I think I was like, all right, I, you, we're, we have the capabilities of winning this year for sure. From you, for a, from a personal, a, a team perspective, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine you agree with the coach and that you guys saw some things against Navy, didn't you? Oh, Na- Navy was awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people have brought it up before, but we just went out and everybody just seemed to jive like – in previous competitions, there'd been you know, maybe starting off on floor, pommel horse, kind of some hiccups, and then that kills the momentum, and then we have to get it back. But at Navy, from the first guy on floor to the last guy in high bar, just it was just like a steamroller. Everybody just fed off each other, just worked better and better, and and so that that was a, I mean, for coaches for for the whole team, yeah, that was that was a huge huge meet for us as far as the confidence. Uh, but prior to that. I mean, I'm sometimes hopelessly optimistic, so I, <laughs> I, I I really believed in the team. 
I can't say from the get go because from the get go was not not right. looking that great. But there there really was never a a part in the season where I one hundred percent thought there's no way. Okay, I I just thought that we'll, we'll get it together. The team's going to come together. We'll we'll figure something out. And you know may may have taken a little longer than I had thought, but 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 I had some faith. So people see four straight national champs and like. <laughs> Just business as usual. But yeah. Taki, I think what's been kind of cool about watching this team has to see how much adversity that it's overcome. It makes yeah. it even that much more special, does it? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, it was four in a row, but this year felt different. You know, from the very beginning, we just knew that we lost so many great athletes mm-hmm. um, and, and such great leadership because last year the leadership was just tremendous. And mm-hmm. so – it was almost like a. It was almost like the first one again, and then, and having so many guys that had never competed at NCAA, so we just knew we were like, all right, we're losing half our scores from last year, <laughs> more than half, and we have guys that not only did they not even compete the first day at NCAA's, you know, they, these guys had never competed at NCAA. Some guys never even competed throughout the season. Wow. So it was just like, yeah, I know that in t- the. Uh, everyone expects us to always challenge for national championships, but that wasn't a guarantee from just the the scores that we were bringing back and then the guys that we just didn't know necessarily what we were going to get. We always anticipate everyone from being in our system to to work their way up and be consistent. But it's just it, it's it was just a really really sweet year. That's to awesome, man. Congratulations! What a story with Jake. I mean, talking about guys with incredible futures. Uh, by the time they show up for practice, he's already been all in in training to be a military officer. Incredible future for that young man. Well, the future is now for Jenna Alaco. She is the first year student, or she's the first year athletic trainer for the OU men's gymnastics team. And Jenna, I just kind of wanted to start by asking about your path. What led you to Oklahoma? What led you to gymnastics? How did you even get started? So I grew up dancing, um, and I wanted to work with the performing arts. And so basically, an under grad I told my professors that I wanted to get to Cirque du Soleil and they said hey gymnastics is probably the closest you'll get and so they set up an internship for me to go for four months with the Air Force Academy men's gymnastics team Um, and I worked a little bit with their women's team and I just I walked into the gym and I had no idea what I was getting into but I loved it Um, and then that led to a graduate assistantship with the Nebraska team I was there for two years going into my third when this job popped up wow and I just had to take it so, Okay, so you take this job. Mm-hmm. They've won three straight national championships. And as soon as you take the job, adversity <laughs> seems to hit right away with mm-hmm. injuries. <laughs> yeah. I, I had met, you know, I, today was the first time I ever had a chance to meet Matt Winsky. Mm-hmm. And Matt's laying out a rare injury that he has to yeah. where it's basically on his side. Yep. So you step right in. To a fire. Yes. <laughs> so what was that like for you? Oh, gosh, it was a mess. And I, <laughs> Mark um, would call me and kind of update me. And the athletic trainers that were working with the team um, before I got there, they would call and just let me know what was going on. So there was a time where I was kind of working both teams. I was taking care of my Nebraska guys before I left. And then I was doing all these conference calls and kind of getting the, the idea of what was happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I showed up, I had a, 
a little bit of a plan for everybody. I had them send me um, videos that would just kind of let me know biomechanically what their bodies were doing wow. um, so I can come up with prevention plans. And so, you know, I had been studying these videos and kind of just getting to know the roster through the conversations with um, Mark and the other athletic trainers. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think even with all that preparation, I don't think I was really prepared for um, the fiasco that it was. Um, <laughs> and we say that with love, too. Yes. <laughs> so there's, there, there's nothing mean in it at all. No. I think from my perspective, and I'm so, again, I'm so glad that you're up here because I feel like the athletic trainers never get enough love for what they do. Um, I've been fortunate to follow softball. This is my third year. I'm with them from start to finish. And I saw – and I see now what Andy Pigeon is constantly doing. There's yeah. always, if it's a massage, if it's a treatment, and it's not just one person, it's yes, everybody. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so take me through that balance. How tough is it whenever you have so much? And you, you had some work that you were doing classwork-wise as well, too. Yeah. So for you, what was that balance like, Jenna? Um, well, I think that the biggest thing was just the guys buying in and once they you know kind of just said hey she's all in for us like we need to figure this out they've they scheduled with me and you know it was basically just every moment of my day from wow. you know morning practice we'd go we'd go over to Starbucks actually get coffee together and then go over <laughs> to the training room and start treatments um, and so it was basically from like 7 a.m. to noon or sometimes 12:30. we just I had one kid after another coming in and doing therapy with me and so we just kind of we're really good about scheduling everybody and got everyone in and it was it was constant but it got done so okay coffee starbucks helps but <laughs> for you personally that's not easy you know cuz yeah. it seems as if every time you plug one hole there's another kind of uh water shooting out of the dam mm -hmm. how, how challenging was that for you personally emotionally i mean it it's it's not easy no it was it was definitely tough uh this was a challenging um like four month adjustment for me um, but I mean, I just tried to keep my eyes on the prize and, you know, just keep pushing and knowing that, you know, it's, it's bigger than any struggle that I'm going through, you know, cause at the end of the day I'm helping these guys and it's, right. it might be stressful, but at least I don't have to feel the pain of what they're going through. <laughs> this is so. true. This is true. <laughs> um, the role of an athletic trainer, how have you seen it grow from your perspective? Mm -hmm. Uh, in at least it's always been important. But maybe in us truly understanding the importance, I think most athletes get it and, mm -hmm. and realize. I know sometimes you're like, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. Yeah. But in, in maybe the public recognizing it more, fans recognizing it more, have you seen an uptick in a true appreciation for the role of the athletic trainer? I think so. I think that there's a lot, um, you know, especially with like public health kind of emerging um, and concussion awareness and things like that. Like there's very specific topics in athletic training that are getting more attention. Um, and so because of that, we, you know, are being recognized as healthcare professionals, which is really great. Um, but I think that, you know, there's been a big shift, I think, in the gymnastics world because a lot of the times these teams aren't taken care of when they're young. Um, oh, and wow. so, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So they, you know, they come to college and they've never dealt with an athletic trainer and they've been kind of handling their injuries on their own and with their coaches and parents. And, um, you know, so I think the more that we cover events and kind of, you know, emerge into the non-traditional settings, you know, and sports like cheer and dance and performing arts and all that, it's, it's making our presence known and our value more recognized too so so what's next for you like from, from this perspective the guys are wrapping up finals but they never stop working so is it 
still in the training room, still in there every single day. Do you get a break during this stretch or no? This feels like a break. We haven't <laughs> been in the gym at 6 a.m., so I'm going to count that as a break. Um, but we will work through the summer. Um, I never really got a chance to you know, really prevent injuries, and mm-hmm. you know, I kind of just came in. It was triage right from the get-go. Um, so now this summer is going to be, you know, me taking the, you know, my observations from the season on each of these guys and ways that they could be better and, you know, even like performance enhancement, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, just fixing anything we can to prevent injury and improve performance. How much do you talk? Uh, and, and again, we can't talk about individual injuries. We would never do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's protected but how much do you share how much conversations do you have with your co-workers and you see something you're like hey uh, scott anderson what do you think of this or robert fulton what do you think of this or andy pigeon what do you think of this is that oh always okay yeah it's always flowing because i mean everybody has unique experiences and you know we all focus on different things you know some people are going to really take on you know different techniques that are unique and you know maybe we don't all have the same education and, you know, it's the same foundational things, but the, the true like finesse in each of our treatment styles is different. And so, you know, we can constantly learn from each other and we're always bouncing ideas around. Obviously we talk uh, a lot about concussions Mm -hmm. because that's the big story. Yeah. Again, I I don't, it's the C (laughs) word, right? I know you don't necessarily have to deal with a lot of men's gymnastics, but with that said, what is the big conversation in gymnastics as far as treating injuries, as far as something we're trying to work to improve? We're trying to improve concussion technology. What is it in men's and women's gym? I think... Is there something? That's tough, yeah. Right. I, you know, the thing about gymnastics is that it's kind of like the whole body, you know. It's and I don't like, think people know that. No, no. I mean, you think... I, I don't even know. I think that, like, most common is shoulder injuries. Those happen a lot. Um, as specifically with the labrum, um, but I mean, there's there's so much that goes into it. I don't think that it's even doing it justice saying that there's one thing that you know kind of takes over the whole sport. It's really their whole body. It's Anything great, can happen. It's a great point, and I don't think people realize how physically demanding it truly is. And mm-hmm. what the hunter Justice with his shoulder injury had <laughs> had another injury he dealt with Yule and everything he's gone through. It's a it's amazing, Jenna, what you've done, and I really appreciate not just coming up but giving us some time here on the show. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for dealing with adversity too. <laughs> she was the one consistent that we heard about from every single student athlete. Jenna Alaco, what a great job she did, and the constant. The leader, the boss, Mark Williams, joins us to wrap up this Sooner Sports podcast. And we got to ask, is this the most rewarding championship that you've had based on everything, Mark, this team went through? Yeah, I mean, you know, back then, uh, December, we had some tough days. Uh, You know, when you don't have people healthy, you just can't do the plan. And then you're having to make compromises on how we're going to – be prepared for the season even um and that was a breath of fresh air when jenna came in and was able to kind of rally the guys physically to get healthier quickly and to to know the things that uh, would help them be strong enough to do the gymnastics and not feel a fear the process of coming back to full strength so yeah you know the the high was higher for sure uh but you know, the low is lower, too, when we we didn't know. And I, I really felt like even halfway through the championship that um, it wasn't a, a given. You know, when we fell five points behind halfway through the meet, um, I was like, well, you know, this has been that kind of year. But 
they'd been there before. We had fallen behind uh, at the Michigan, the first meet we had of the season, and we did it again at Ohio State. And the guys were not willing to let it get, you know, away from them. And and that's what I think I've enjoyed the most is to see uh, that will to compete, you know, come out where nobody's going to take this from us. That's awesome. You know, there's an individual star here in Yul Moldauer. I mean, there's no doubt about it what he's accomplished. But this being the third year that we've been able to do this and the third year that I've done a radio show here for Randy and the Sports Talk Network, I'm always and often taken aback by his selflessness. He's a team guy first and foremost, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's so humble, and he works hard. And, you know, he said that he wasn't sure he was worthy of being a captain this year, and yet – you know, we all saw what he was doing on the competition floor, and maybe he wasn't the most verbal leader on our team, but he was that standard. You know, everybody mm-hmm. knew that that you was the guy that, at the end of the lineup, we could count on him hitting a routine, and it would be great. And for him to win the all-around by over four points, that's unheard of. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, all of college gymnastics, you know, he had a great competition, but he had struggled through – some injuries this year as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when his back was not great, uh, we shut him down for like two weeks. And uh, there were times where Jenna and I were like, you know, I'm trying to get him to do a little more because we're getting ready for conference and NCAA. And she's like, oh, I, you know, we don't, don't want to <laughs> get him any further hurt. And, uh, and Yule's like, I'm fine, you know. And Yule's always like that. He, he's – I can tell if he's in pain, but right. he's like, I can go, you know. And so we had to be really careful. And in the, in the end, I think we played it just right because uh, at conference he looked a little bit shaky, like he hadn't been training quite as much, but he still was good. And then going into the national championships, the first night we used him just on three events. And then uh, during the finals, you know, we put out our best lineup, uh, both – uh, Levi Anderson and Yule did the all-around, and, and, you know, Yule w- wins going away, and Levi's uh, f- fifth and an All-American uh, for a guy who was only really a one- or two-event specialist for us last year. It's wow. just amazing how guys stepped up. I, I want to look ahead. I, how unfair. We're celebrating your fourth national <laughs> championship, and this dude right here is like, all right, let's get ready for the fifth straight. <laughs> well, that's what I did the night after. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'll tell you what, we had a chance to meet Matt Winsky today. And this is a guy that, I don't know, putting words, might have had an opportunity to play a role this year. You see someone like that coming back. Obviously, Yule coming back. Tanner coming back. He was just a sophomore this year. Jake, unless, I mean, he becomes a Marine officer <laughs> before the start of the season. Uh, this is a pretty solid roster coming back, Coach. Yeah, I, I feel way better this year than I did at the end of last year when oh, wow. we lost uh, seven seniors. And, you know, uh, uh, Colin Van Wicklin, Alan Bauer, guys who competed at a lot of events. Um, and that's really scary to replace. Yeah. That, that was like 17 out of the 30 scores that we counted for our team had to be replaced. And uh, as it turned out, you know, um, a couple of our freshmen didn't make the grade. We had mm. some injuries, so it, I didn't have a lot of extra bodies to help out in that regard. But you know, if Matt comes back to full strength, he was his freshman year. He was great on floor and vault. Um, he'd also like to be at 
the level where he's training to be on the, the senior national team. I think we're going to get a lot more out of him. Uh, Peter Daggett's a guy that he'll be back full strength, um, be able to use him a lot more than we did this year when he was only healthy for the last two competitions. How crazy wow. is that? That's I mean, <laughs> I, w- two weeks before nationals, we're kind of looking around going, he might actually get good enough to <laughs> make the lineup. And so um, that's a pretty special thing that Peter did too because he – he basically took off his medical redshirt year to go out there and compete um, wow. to be on a national championship team and then to kill it when he went on, on parallel bars. The, uh, that was a huge moment for all of us. That's, that's awesome. Where is Mark Williams' plans for the next couple of months? I know Cruton's coming up. Uh, Yule's yeah. going. It has an opportunity to go to Japan here in a couple of months to compete. What about for you personally? Yeah, next week will be about recruiting. They've got the Junior National Championships actually being held in Oklahoma City, so I'll be up there for that three- or four-day event, uh, checking out the prospects that are coming up. Um, and then after that, I'm going to take a bit of a vacation. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to celebrate 20th wedding anniversary and That's go to awesome. Maui. That's awesome. It's deserved, man. Yeah. But I think – I, I I love being around games and covering you guys. So to me, that's kind of like a vacation to me. You love being around the gym. So that's yeah. like a vacation to you when you're in it, isn't it? Yeah. And w- when I get back, um, I'm on the NCAA rules committee. So I got to go to those meetings. And then right after that, I'm going to Japan with Yule and Alan for a training camp that they have. And once we're done with that, we've got the USA qualifier in July, USA championships in August, and then hopefully world championships for guys that make it in uh, October. I know we don't like to talk a ton about individuals, but are things looking good for you potentially? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, seventh all around in the world last year. Wow. Third on the floor exercise medal. Just incredible as a first-time guy at that level of competition. So I think he'll actually be more recognized uh, this time around. Um, He's going to have to make the five-man team at the USA Championships in August. But, uh, you know, given the record that he's had this past year, you know, he's won the American Cup. He won the USA Championships last year. He won the, you know, Winter Cup the year before. So now the NCAA champion. Uh, if we keep Yule healthy, I, I, I'm pretty certain that he's going to make that team. That's awesome. And then obviously, you know, I, this was the first time in sitting down that I think Steve Legendre had come in with us. We love talking to Taki. I know that you have some plans down the road for Reese and how he might be used next year. But overall, from a coaching staff perspective, you feel really good about where this team is right now, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Next year we should be really good again. And I've got three new guys that have already signed that have done well in the junior levels that um, should give us more depth than we had this year. And certainly if, if Matt's back and Peter's back. And you know what? We have no surgery scheduled at at all. Yeah. (laughs) We went from 13 last year during the course of the year, 13 surgeries, and right now nobody's going in. So that's great news. (laughs) 13 surgeries. All right, there's been one constant theme that we've had in everyone that we've talked to. And I want to wrap it up with you giving the coup de grace on this, if you will. And this has nothing to do with the rings. This has to do with the fans. I was blown away when I went to a meet this year. 
And uh, I I don't get to go a lot because of the different events that we cover. And Chad McKee kind of hogs doing all the play-by-play of the gymnastics events. I'm just playing with you, Chad. <laughs> that home court environment, home field advantage, whatever term you want to use, that's really developed into something pretty special in McCaslin, hasn't it? it? It has, yeah. And, you know, you take the bleachers out because of the gymnastics equipment. I think it probably only holds, you know, 2,500 to 3,000. and. You know, we average 1,500 people, which is the highest attendance that we've had ever for four competitions. And it gets loud, you know, and you look yes. up and it, it's it's pretty full. And, you know, they get this energy going that's just incredible. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, when Yule gets excited, he goes off and, and I've told him, hey, you know, go out there and celebrate with the people that are out in the, in the crowd, you know, and. President Bourne and Molly's been there, and they'll sit right along the vaulting runway, and, and we have a great vaulting rotation, and they'll come back and high-five them <laughs> on the way back to the bench. I mean, it's awesome, and it's fun, you know. And and the fact is is that, you know, we haven't lost a meet at McCaslin since 2007. <laughs> wow. So, you know, that's the deal is, you know, if you come out and watch us, you know, we're almost guaranteed to win. What a team. What a program. What a dynasty. Thanks to Mark Williams and the entire men's gymnastics crew for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast today. Don't forget, on Friday, JT Gasso, Kelly Clifton, and Toby Rowland. Until then, have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.